drop to your knees, Nartsplow. Well, now I'm intrigued. I must have been sleeping at this point. I want the uh, full details on that movie I saw you in on Cinemax. It started at 11.30. He's like, I'm not going to play ball with you. Don't respect my new life as a farmer. And then you get on there and be like, hey, Buff, I watched you kind of nail this lady the other night on Cinemax. Tell me about it. You didn't see anybody strapping on a jetpack, flying up to the rafters, beating the shit out of him. And then your opponent gets an erection. And then he punches Nick. That killed Jake Roberts in WrestleMania. Hit him with a clothesline! Hit him with another clothesline! Good God! But that's, uh, that, that, that one guy. That's his name, uh... There's 60 fucking guys in there. <laughs> How about that one guy? Good God! Excuse me while I whip this out. Good God! Good God! Jade Wrestling presents the year of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. A little gold dust there? A little bit gold dust. I didn't know which way I wanted to go for sure, but then it, it just kind of came out a little, little, little gold dusty. I must have went. Kevin Rogue. Remember he did that weird thing at the end where he like bit down the bite thing. Yeah, yeah the bite thing. Yeah, it's not bad. Like like Kevin Rogue Dust. Yeah, r- r- Rogue Dust. <laughs> what are we talking about today, man? So today we got World War Three, the second annual pay per view of the same name. There's a battle royal, which is uh, unlike any battle royal you've uh, you've probably. Uh, well, that we've covered, that's for sure. I was going to say, unlike any other battle royal that you've ever seen, except for last year's, the inaugural <laughs> three ring over the top rope, 60 man battle royal. You ever, you ever seen a battle royal with more than one ring? Yeah, man. I've seen World War Three before. Okay. I'm, I'm saying like, okay, never mind. I was saying this saying. event's unusual, but it's not, if you consider that it, it's the second annual, I suppose. Right. Yeah. The first annual. That knocked your dick in the dirt. This is the second annual. Everybody kind of knows what's going on now. So for the second year in a row, there's going to be three rings. There's going to be 60 guys over the top rope. Winner will get a title shot at an unspecified time. I don't like that unspecified title shot. I don't just like give him the either. title shot. Just give it to him. Well, the first one, they just gave him the title. But you can't do that every year. You can't just put the title up for grabs once a year. Well, we got uh, this, this son of a bitch has taken place. 
from the Norfolk Scorp in Norfolk, Virginia, on November 24th, 1996. Card and looks pretty a, stacked. The, the card looks pretty stacked, and it's kind of a cooler-looking arena. Like, did you check out the ceiling on this, this son of a bitch? Yeah, it reminded me of, like, a... Well, it's not a dome, but like kind of a dome-like structure. Structure, right? Yeah, it looked pretty decent. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty sweet looking. Like I don't. I don't know. I'm not really like a ceiling connoisseur, I guess. But if I were, I'd say, hey, that's a hell of a ceiling on that. Uh, what was it? Uh, convention center? Was this? What's a scope? Does a scope? Stay? Not a stadium necessarily, I suppose. The scope, yeah, it's a it's an event center. It's still there. Oh, we got you. The scope event center, yeah. That's yeah. got a hell of a ceiling on that scope. So we got Roddy Roddy Piper. He's coming in to sign a contract to face Hogan. That's what our opening package is. Um. Well, there there there's a little bit of improvement with the opening package. I got to say. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a little bit better. They're getting there. It was kind of they. It seems like they added more production value to the opening segment on this one. And for the first time since shit, Hogwild, we're not getting the Hulk, Hogan, Hulk Hogan betrayed WCW package. So that's yeah. That we plus. talked about that. We talked about that last episode too. I asked you, we're going to get Hulk Hogan betrayed WCW every time, and you said, yeah, we will probably. I thought I thought we would. We didn't. Yeah, I did too. So, throwing a curveball on us. That's that's a letdown. Well, elsewhere we got a three-way triangle tag team title match. We got Colonel Robert taking on Sister Sherry. Y2J takes on the road referee, Nick Patrick. Got a couple cruiserweight matches and more. And more. So, what do you say we get into this son of a gun here? Yeah, man, let's get it. My balls are tingling. All right. On a dark match, we had Laparca, the chairman of WCW, defeat Viano 4. God, they always do that, don't they? It always seems like they have dark matches that you would kind of want to watch. Was there another dark match? Was Jumping Jimmy? No, that was that was it. No, just one, huh? I bet we get Jumpin' Jimmy in the in the Battle Royale later. Boy, yeah, we do. So, Viano 4 is actually the youngest Viano. I didn't there know are, that. There are five of them. And, and I'm not sure the why, Yeah, not sure why 4 is the youngest, but that's uh, perhaps five pursued wrestling later in life. You know, I think I might have figured it out. What if it's like an adopted son, right? Viano 5. Or like a family okay. friend, like when, like when, uh, when Sean was going to be adopted by the Matthews family, and he's like, "Yeah, I couldn't," but he still calls him dad, right? Maybe that's like, maybe that's the situation. Fiano Five is a is a good family friend. That could be. I'd, I I'd say that's that's probably likely, actually. Do you think Sean Hunter's under the mask? Uh, Viano Five. Yeah. I'd have to get a good look at Viano 5. I don't think it's him. A little too dark skin. <laughs> a little too, yeah, yeah. Might be one of the Harley Kiners, though. Who knows? 
The opening match is for the J Crown Championship. We got the Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Was that was it eight belts they said? Yeah, the J Crown is a unified champion of eight junior heavyweight and cruiserweight title belts from different organizations. That's too many, man. That's just too many. It looks cool, like uh, visually, it looks pretty awesome to have this guy walking down with all these belts. But that's got to be a pain in the ass for him to carry eight belts around. It's got to be worth it, though. Yeah, and you know, did you see that he? Did you see that he fucked up? The Ultimo. Did you see he fucked up? Very beginning of the match. I mean, not even match had even started yet. He fucked up big time. Uh, fucked up big time. Yeah, man. He used the mist before the match. Oh, he spewed out the green mist everywhere into the air. You got to hold that. You got to be ready for your opponent. You got to hit your opponent with that mist. Why are you missing? I mean, it's a, it's a miss. It's a misused. It's a misuse of the mist. That is pretty foolish. I thought so. I thought so. But the match was match. Got, I mean, it was pretty good. Was it? Did you have? I have one big complaint about this match. Did you have anything that kind of struck you as like, ah, oh, shit? Any ah, oh, shit in this match for you? I mean, outside of, I think the dragon could have done better than the plum, green, and gold color scheme. But outside of that, there, there's too many finishing moves. That was one of the issues I took with this match. Too many finishing moves and then too many repeat moves. Hmm. I mean, Ultimo Dragon, he hits, he hits Ray with two tombstones in this match. Two. Two T-stones. And one of the T-stones was on the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. How did Ray come back from that? That killed Jake Roberts at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Is it not as powerful of a T-stone when Ultimo Dragon does it? Probably not the master of the T-stone. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Ultima also did a pretty sweet spinning like rack drop maneuver. That was a pretty awesome, like a spinning torture rack drop. That could have been a finisher. I mean, there's so many that could have been a damn finisher. There was finishers all all night long. All night long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ray doesn't really get any doesn't get any offense in for the first several minutes here. I got I got a note. Is Ultimo Dragon the best wrestler there is? No. What a stupid fucking question that is. Have you never watched Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey in your life? Have you, have you just have you just smoked Gigolo Jimmy out of your brain? I think we're going to see him a little bit later on under a different alias. <laughs> we might. We'll get there. <laughs> Um, Ultimo Jagan's super good, super talented. Yeah, he's, 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 I, I almost forgot how good he was, but yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't throw eight titles on, on just anybody. Yeah. And I think that he probably falls, uh, I don't want to say like on deaf ears when it comes to the American audience, but his popularity is definitely not what like a Rey Mysterio is over here because he, you know, he didn't really, he did wrestle in WWE after WCW closed its doors, but it was a very short, short run from what I can remember. Cause they tried to play him up, play him up same like way they did Ray when Ray came in with the vignettes and everything. And it just never really, it, it didn't catch on the same, but I mean, internationally he's a giant superstar. Mm-hmm. These, 
among the the eight titles he's got there's there's titles from japan from the states and from uh mexico yeah uk too i believe i said uk yeah i think so i mean i i'm not sure i'm not i'm not super familiar with what this uh this j cup eight belt championship is yeah it was a tournament that was held and the dragon defeated the great susaki oh susaki we saw we saw him didn't we yeah you damn right we did what was he doing he was taking on michinoku maybe uh michinoku at i believe it was uh calgary stampede canadian stampede in calgary at the saddle dome that sounds right so i think we got a new contender for best brain buster in the biz ultimo dragons you're gonna put ultimo up against coco b Mm-hmm. I mean, it's personal preference, but you're wrong. I enjoyed it. He hit that right before he hit that jumping tombstone, and then yeah, he got him on the got him on the uh, the floor. Hit another tombstone. Hits the running power bomb for a two, and then Ray finally gets a little action in. But at this point. He's already done that spinning rack thing. He's already tombstoned him twice. He's already yeah. power bomb pinned him. Right. Uh, Do you yeah, think Ray's, this is a? He's looking like a superhero here. He is looking like a superhero. It's kind. Of, it's kind of strange because with the with the cruiserweight guys, they're known for their you know the kind of high flying, quick pace matches, and and it makes sense. But then you get a guy like Dean, right, who's a cruiserweight. And he's not known for his high flying and he's not known for his, you know, super fast paced matches. But I think you put Dean and Ray from, was it the last episode we did? Uh, you could put Dean and Ray up against this match. And I, I think it's fair. Close. Yeah. I mean, Which I know that you have a, you have a brand new boner for Ultimo Dragon. I mean, Guy holds eight championships. Yeah, sure. He holds eight championships from what? From what companies? You know, that's not a, that's not a big deal. That's not a Triple big deal. Japanese pro wrestling. Oh, Inc. gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> J. <laughs> J. <laughs> JPWI, yeah, gotcha. No, I was getting there. It was just—it was too funny in my head. I couldn't—I couldn't come up with it. Old JPWI. That's not impressive, though. That's like, let's be like, oh man, I'm a network executive on the Nashville Network. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> it's the Nashville Network. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Talk to me when you get to NBC, right? I bet there's a couple NBCs in there. Hey, I'm the head of QVC. Sweet. Who gives a shit? I got the J crown. I I don't know. J crown sounds like something you could buy on QVC. It does. It does. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say raise. (laughs) J crown. J crown by Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's definitely definitely a QVC item. I hope that makes it to her and she can come up with a new product. Maybe it's a scent. J Crown by Jennifer Lopez. The scent. Smell your crown. 
take a waft on the wild side with J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it, it, it hit the end of my man. <laughs> so I'd say Ray, Ray has been in the majority of the, the you know, like top shelf matches this season. He's he's been in more more top shelf matches than anybody, really. Yeah, those couple against Dean. I think he had psychosis too, and every match he's been in has been phenomenal. Yeah, Dean's been Dean's been in the best matches. Well, he's been in the matches with with Ray. Ray wasn't in the match with Dean versus Chris Benoit. That's true. That was the best match we've seen. All right. Oh, you're on to something there. So the dragon, uh, he, he wins and retains that J crown with a, he catches, he catches Ray going for some, I think he's going for a head scissor hurricane Rana thing. And then he slams him down with the second power bomb pin of the match. Yeah. He did like this a rope. One, two, three. Yeah. A little rope assisted P bomb. The finish, the finish wasn't as impressive as a lot of the moves that led up to the finish. So the finish kind of came out flat. Mm. You can't have like these giant, crazy big moves, right? Leading up to just a like a rope assisted P bomb for the finish. Like that doesn't it takes away from the finish, right? It's not as good. It's just not as good. Yeah, it's like I if I do I a four fifty could... go ahead. I, I don't know what else he could have thrown at him. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I go out there and I do a 450, I do a, a double moonsault, I hit a, a Vader bomb, I do a jackknife power bomb, I do a Jake the Snake Roberts DDT, I hook my opponent in a figure four for about five minutes, and then I finish the match with a fucking headlock, not a Kurgan headlock, just a regular headlock. That's not as good, right? That's not as good of a finish. Because look at all the cool shit I did before, and then my finisher is a headlock. Not a Kurgan headlock. Hmm. Well, this is a this is a power bomb pin. Oh yeah, I know, I know what it is. A little, little more legitimate. All right, a little bit. You're right, a little bit, you, not much, a little bit. You suppose like swapping that crazy spinning rack move for this would have been? Oh hell yeah! Would have been the way to go. Yeah, that spinning rack maneuver, man. That that was pretty sweet. Who doesn't love a spinning rack? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I let out a holy shit when I saw that. Yeah, you let one out, huh? Where are your pants? Just, just right out of the bag. So we got another another great opening contest. I said Dragon won and retained the J-Crown. Next up, we got Mean Gene. He's in the back. <laughs> DDP. Good God! <laughs> Good DDP made me chuckle in this. Yeah, Gene's talking about the the NWO recruiting DDP, and he likens it to the Nebraska football team doing some recruiting. <laughs> um, and DDP, he gets he gets on the mic, and he he just he. You want to give it to me? Good God! 
That's what he says. Yeah. He's got the hot, the hottest finish in professional. Good God! Yeah, he tells us everybody knows that Diamond Cutter is the best finish in the planet. Good God! And you know, DDP's in a world of his own. Good God! And he's the guy that won the Battle Bowl. Good God! And he's going to win tonight. Good God. Bang. Good God. He's not doing a bang yet, is he? Not doing a bang yet. Well, no, he did do a bang when he was <laughs> acting like Chavo Guerrero was giving up a blowy on the uh, event. What was it? Three events ago that we covered. Two or three events ago. I remember Chavo was on his knees. DDP was making Chavo tell him he loves him. Mm. In a physical manner. Right. So, I mean, DDP does have a point. I mean, nobody's seen him winning that battle, battle bowl, battle royal. No. But, I mean, there's like eight guys in that one. There's 60 in this. So, it's, it's a odds different. are, yeah, yeah, a little different. We'll, we'll see how that one goes when it, when it comes up later. Next up, this is an interesting one. We got Nick Patrick, the referee, taking on Chris Jericho with an arm behind his back. And with Teddy Long. Yeah, I didn't understand the Teddy Long thing. I, I missed that completely. It must have been on a on a Nitro or a fucking worldwide. Who knows? I, I missed why Teddy was associated with, with Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick, before the match begins, goes over to the camera and says, Teddy should have brought uh, the towel down because he's going to need it. And then he said, Teddy should have brought the towel down because he's going to need it again. And I was like, well, no, he fucking did bring the towel he's got it in his hand you can't miss teddy long holding the white towel he should he, he brought it down don't give me a, he should have. it's a good thing he brought it down because he's gonna need it not he should have brought it down that implies that he forgot to bring it down and it's right in front of you nick patrick other thing i want to ask you i didn't ask you anything there i just made a statement bold statement uh what i wanted to ask was does this match right does this discredit the wrestler or does it pump up the official Nick Patrick we're talking about here? Any official. Because normally if an official gets hit with anything, they're out. They're out for an extended period of time. But now we have an official that's actually going to have a wrestling match. He's taking bumps. He's, you know, he's getting in. He's mixing it up. And he did a lot more in this match than I expected him to do. He did a lot more in this match than I expected him to do. So does that does that take away from Jericho? Does it pump up Patrick? Next time Patrick gets hit with something in the during a match, is he going to have to not sell it as much? You know what I mean? Like there's it, that's yeah. the blur the blurredness of this this whole concept of having a referee, an official, in a match was I don't like the I don't I don't know conceptually I don't like it at all. You like Nick Patrick or Danny Davis? Who did it better? Well, Danny Davis, he, I mean, he full-on committed, man. He, he went right to, he was full-on into wrestling. As far as I remember, this is a one-off for Nick Patrick in WCW. So, Danny mm. Davis, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think that Nick Patrick would have probably been in a similar position to Mr. Davis if, you know, the... You know, if the bad guys weren't in charge, right? 
at this point, see Danny Davis became a wrestler because he got fired as an official. Right. Anyways. Yeah, I, I I get that, but the uh, so like it, Jericho's it make, bumping. Yeah, it it makes makes uh makes Patrick look like kind of a badass. Right, Jer, but but then Jericho looks like a bitch because he's bumping for an official. He's got one hand tied behind his back. Not really. That, that fucking rope came untied. And he's just holding it behind his back. The official's got to stop in there. He's got to say, "Ah, oh, I see it. It's uh, it's not. You're not tied up anymore. I got to fix this." Come here, Christopher. That's what the referee calls in my head. Go over here, Christopher. <laughs> got to tie that back up to you, Christopher. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that this match does anybody any favors. Just period. There was more to it than I expected it to be, but I just. This match doesn't help anybody at all. Mm. Unless you're going to you're going to build Nick Patrick up. I mean, Nick Patrick looked better than I thought he would. He did. He did. I think he also officiates in this event as well. Does he what really? a fucking hand. That. Yeah. Yeah. His neck's doing better, I guess. He's still got that brace on. No, you got to be safe. Jericho eventually hits a super kick and gets the win, so still no idea what Teddy Long was doing down there. But I haven't seen this type of match before, and it was okay. Did Patrick to the top, man. I was really – that was the finish, right? Patrick to the top, it backfires. He gets back up. Jericho super kicks him, and it's over. But I was kind of like when he started climbing up, I was kind of intrigued to see what he was going to do because you don't see an you don't see an official from the top rope, let alone Nick Patrick. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Oh shit, something very entertaining is about to." It didn't happen, but I was very excited to see something entertaining happen. And he just took a bump off the top. It, I don't know. Again, I just don't think this match helped anybody. Next up, the announced team plugged that website. Tell us to get on to WCWWrestling.com. Yeah. Uh, buff the stuff is in the back. Answering, all those, uh, answering all those questions from, from the, the chat rooms. <laughs> you think some of them revolved around his other career? <laughs> Perhaps. Like, Buff, I saw you fake plowing abroad on Cinemax. Can we talk about that? I think they screen their callers, probably. I don't think the technology is that advanced back then. Oh, I bet they could screen calls. Well, they could. you could pick up the phone and be like, hey, what's your question for Buff? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I just want to know if he... If he really likes carrots as much as I do. And they're like, great. That's a good question, kid. We'll put you through. And then you get on there and be like, hey, Buff, I watched you kind of nail this lady the other night on Cinemax. <laughs> Tell me about it. So that's how you'd approach it. <laughs> I would, yeah. You got to do a misdirection <laughs> play. You got to go misdirection, right? Complete misdirection. Like, hi, my name's Jackie. I'm nine. I'd like to talk to Buff Bagwell about Easter. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Buff. This is Kevin. <laughs> I want the uh, full details on that movie I saw you in on Cinemax. It started at 1130. No, at night, you perv. 
Have you ever seen any of his uh, adult films? I don't know what kind of details you're looking for, really. I don't know, man. It's those are the he was in softcore pornos. I guess I just want to. I mean, t- tell me about you know what do you do? I think there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in softcore pornos, right? You got to right. tape. You got to tape things up and back, and you know, mm. no penetrato. So they're like, what do you do? Uh, you, you wanted to learn some tricks of the trade. Well, do you got to you, do you got to numb the rod down so she don't lift? <laughs> Right, because in any other situation, if you're, you know, you're in there, you're bumping and grinding. I mean, how much tape does it take to hold the hog down? That'd probably be the question I asked him. <laughs> what kind of tape? Oh, I, I don't know, man. I've some type of duct, I'm sure. You a duct or electrical? Electrical seems like it'd be dangerous. Scotch isn't going to do it. Scotch, there's no way in hell Scotch is going to do it. You need about 47 ducks worth of uh, Scotch tape. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) John, his tape broke again. Oh, Buff Bagwell's in the back there, and they're the announced guys. They're uh, they're previewing the sixty man battle royale we're gonna have later, as well as the contract signing between Piper and the Hulkster. And then we get sent back to Mean Gene. Did you miss Mean Gene? You know, I felt like I did, but then he came back, and I realized I probably didn't. No, no. He's he's better than Tanay. No argument from me, for sure. Better than Tanay. Lee Marshall would have been a better fit as the main. Yeah, absolutely. Guy. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where you miss him only when he's gone. Me and Gene. Right. Yeah. You take me and Gene for granted, no problem. Uh, oh, I miss him today. Do you? You know he's gone. Oh, hasn't called you in a while. He's, uh, he's passed, man. Past what? Past the point of no return. What does that mean? He has perished. What? Team's no longer with us? Yep. Boy, uh, did you tell me like this? I thought we did a moment of silence a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, man. That's earth-shattering news. How come nobody told me? That you knew, man. Yeah, well. That you kept up to date with your with your uh, wrestling fatalities, but... Next time I'll give you the I'll give you the crib notes before we go on next time. I mean it'd be appreciated. So Gene's back there. He's Gene's the dead. Nevertheless, <laughs> he's back there and he's inter- interviewing the 13 time world champion. Woo! The nature boy. Woo! Woo! 
So Nature Boy, he comes out there. And he he does his strut. He's got his his arms in a sling. That's that's what's going on here. He's not participating. Got stripped of that damn US title that the giant has been strutting around with. Well, possession, man. He's got it. Somebody's gotta take it from him. Possession's nine tenths of the law, right? Yeah, I think people that don't know fractions or the law say that. So nature and nature boy, he rails off a bunch of WCW guys. He closed by saying the NWO is going to be owned by the WCW. He didn't make a lot of sense in this promo, but the the crowd popped huge for him, and it was a flare promo. It was yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah. Towards the end, he got a little bit carried away, which is kind of what you want from your nature. You want your nature to be a little bit over the top. And towards the end, he did. He started strutting around a little bit more and all that. But it was, it was not on the, it wasn't on the upper echelon of uh, of nature promos we've seen so far this run. You think it's because he wasn't in his robe? Could have been that that robe might give him. No, that's not true because sometimes he's, he gets cut some some real absolute jammers in his suit. So I don't think the robe maybe does it. I'm not sure why it was. Maybe not having a lady or two. Ooh, that by could his do side. It. That could do it. Uh, his duct tape was holding up. That's for sure. All right. Next up, we got the Taking on Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, J E double F J A double R E double T. Jeff Jarrett. So the the giant, like I mentioned, he's still got that U.S. title that he took from Flair. He comes out through the audience. Double J. He does not come out through the audience. But he comes out with a head of steam. He does, man. He's quick. He's sticking. He's moving, right? He's playing the quick game. He's, quick he's game. Got to do quick quick moves, quick punches, quick kicks. That's what he That's what he needs to do. He And it looks like he's doing a fantastic job, right? Sticking and moving, staying on top, right? doing great things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get stuck with some bullshit. Some bullshit, you say? I said bullshit. Uh, talking about the, the, the stinger? I'm talking about the stinger. Yeah, we got the stinger. Stinger has adopted a... He's adopted his crow gimmick. Yeah. Since a lot of shit has happened here. And we'll get you up to speed with more of the shit as we go along in the show here. But a lot of stuff has happened since last show. And Stinger has taken to hanging out up in the rafters. Mm -hmm. Baseball bat. Yeah. Trench coat. Trench coat. Black and white. Dark hair. Yeah. No more Sir Fire's thing. He's not talking. He talks to nobody. He ain't saying shit to nobody. Not, Not since even his good friend. From, yeah. Do you believe me now? 
Stinger! Yeah, they, they didn't believe him, and now look what's look what's happened. You turned a, a bright-eyed, blonde-haired kid into a weapon of destruction. Mm-hmm. Did you like this when it was going on? Did you like when he switched into uh, going from kind of that you know what we know what we know now as Surfer Sting versus Crow Sting? Did you did you find this to be something that you got behind when he was when he switched over and kind of took this dark aura about him? Yeah, it was it was good. It worked out good for the story. Um, I, it, it was it was exciting when he would show up. And he'd show up, typically give the NWO the business. But he doesn't really discriminate in this particular instance. No. But I think, yeah, I think it was, I think it was a good change. I mean, especially after the last, you remember the last promo that we heard Sting give? He was, he was taking on the, uh, the William Regal a couple shows back. That was the last promo we heard from him? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, well, I, I mean, I've been watching well, a lot of the, the nitros in between, so I, I've he's, heard. Uh, anyways, so I had, I had mentioned on our show about that promo, how, you know, the promos aren't really his strong suit, and pretty soon right. he's going to, you know, not say anything at all, which would be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it was good. It was just a total copy of uh, that Crow character. From the film, yeah. yeah. Um, what did do you like it? It was it was okay. I was so I've never been a giant Sting guy. I mean, I think he's a talent performer, sure, but I, I'm not a giant Sting guy. So when he when he changed his his look, I guess I was I was welcome to a change, but I don't know. It didn't do. I wasn't as high on it, I think, as the majority of, of wrestling fans were. Hmm. I mean, what does he do? He's up in the rafters. He comes down. He fucks shit up, and he leaves. Like, that's not helpful. That's not bad, especially in the, like in this one, right? When they showed him in the rafters, and then he just started walking down, and he walks into the ring, and he gives my main man, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the death drop. It doesn't do anything. Like, would you stop standing on Jeff Jarrett's dick, right? Stop dropping out of the rafters and landing on people's dicks. Let people have their matches. Why is he so goddamn important that he gets to show up whenever he wants and fuck shit up? And he never really has to. He never really has to answer to it either. Not one time does he like drop down and start fucking things up, and then all of a sudden, you know, Giant gets a hold of him and crushes his nutsack none of that ever happens that's the thing that I, I didn't like about it he got away with whatever he wanted during that time period he dropped down people cheer hey, hey sting's here to fuck shit up and then he's gone people cheer I, I wanted him to get his comeuppance right i wanted him to get his ass kicked you didn't see anybody strapping on a jetpack flying up to the rafters and beat the shit out of him so why does he get to do what he gets to do you know who should have glacier Glacier should have got a jetpack, strap it to him, shoot him up to the rafters, couple of ninja kicks right to Stinger's dick, drop back down. How do you like it, tough guy? That would have been exciting. It would have been, right? I mean, Stinger's got all the mystery and intrigue. 
with yeah. at this point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Don't know whose side he's on. He's not saying nothing. Why is he attacking Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, that's Who that's knows? a weird thing. I think he's jealous. Jealous Double J. Oh, yeah. He's got a right to be. I don't know if that's the case. I'm pretty sure it is. I think you can see it in his eyes. Mm. So I I didn't go back to, to watch. Has things been showing up on Nitro doing this thing? Similar? Or? Yeah, here and there. Here and there. He's in the rafters. There's a couple episodes. He's just, oh, they've spotted Sting in the rafters. Oh, just it's, it, it was okay. I did I again I just didn't love it as much as everybody else. Especially in this situation. He comes down and he costs Jarrett the, the whole damn thing. Don't cost Jarrett the whole damn thing. In all fairness, I mean the Jai was the Jai had hit a big boot. He'd hit a leg drop on double J. I I think the Jai would have been just fine without Sting's help. You'll never know. That's true. Jai had gone for a Vader bomb and missed it. That that was a move he only really went to to miss. It was kind of like Rick Flair going to the top rope. Yeah. Um, yeah, then we get the business with Sting coming in there, Scorpion Death Drop. That's it. Yeah. Fuck Sting. Do you... You probably don't like either either way here, but do you prefer your your crow sting to come straight down into the ring, or like drop, what happened drop, to this show where he was? Rafters. Hmm. He came out like through the he he came out through the crowd. Right. So you're talking like is he walking down through the crowd or is he dropping down from the rafters? Which one do I prefer? Yeah. Okay. That's, I guess, I mean, excitement value is definitely there when they drop down through the, from the rafters, walking through the crowd, it kind of stirs the, the audience up, you know, as he's going, everybody's like, Oh, who is that? He's walking down, dropping from the rafters. Like, Oh shit, there he is dropping down from the rafters. So from an excitement level, I think I'd probably go dropping down from the rafters, but he should only do it if he's in the match. If you don't have a match, you don't have any business out there. Stop it. Sting. Stop stepping on dicks. Speaking of stepping on dicks. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we got the hot rod, Roddy Roddy Piper. He's come for one reason, one reason only. He's got a contract. He tells Hogan to come on out and sign it. This whole segment sucked. I love Roddy Piper. This this whole thing to do this setup and, and all this bullshit on the pay-per-view what a waste of damn time just just a fucking waste there's about 15 minutes here could have gotten yeah. a whole nother match yeah. yep Hogan could have defended that damn title yeah in eight minutes could have been over it was i don't know it was too long it was it was silly it was drawn out bischoff comes out says he's the power of attorney all this other shit and then all of a sudden, a Hulkster decides he comes out after they tell us that Hulkster's not there. It's dumb, man. It's silly. It's, it's, there's nothing, there was nothing that I took out of this. I take that back. 
at one point Piper does ask him how much of a fine it would be if if he just knocked uh, Bischoff's ass out. That that part was kind of funny. I did chuckle at that. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it was silly. And you got what do they got in the NWO out there at that point? Like eight guys, nine guys, and one Piper. Mm-hmm. You got that much of a problem with the guy, right? Don't do all this talking bullshit. Just rough him up and leave. And I mean, they do rough him up, obviously. The kid his ass. Hogan tells, <laughs> show everybody your ass, Piper with his ass, his hip. <laughs> he just keep on trying to get him to show, like, hey, show him some skin, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was silly, man. I I didn't. There's not. I I don't have much more on this. I just I thought it was ridiculous. After the Hulkster tells him to show us the hip, yeah, show him some hip. He says, "You're a straight up dude, aren't you?" Yeah, you're a dude, straight up dude, hip. Weird insult. Yeah. Hogan says he normally doesn't fight cripples and gimps. He does say that. Uh Hulkster really, really stoking the stoking the flame there. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Piper gets his ass kicked by the NWO. Uh, seen that coming. Mm-hmm. And Hogan takes his chair to that hip. Calls him a piece of crap and spits on him. Contract's been signed and Hot Rod grabs a mic at the end and says something about no retreat, no surrender. And this is after the NWO vacates the, right. the ring yeah. and them up. <laughs> yeah. But I could have done without it, I suppose. It wasn't nearly as bad as the end of the last show, but it was kind of a continuance. It was kind of a continuance, and I think that if they, this would have been a great like end of the first hour of Nitro segment. This would have been a great opening segment for Nitro, and they could have built off of it. Like if it was the go home Nitro going into this event, Piper doesn't even need to be there for this event. Right? I mean, he maybe he can show up to do something extremely minor, but it was not a. Uh, this is not a pay per view level segment at all. I mean, they, how many times have you ever seen contract signings during a pay per view? Doesn't really happen, right? Once so in a it's, while, it's a it's a nitro thing, man. It's a say you can even do it on WCW Saturday Night. That's fine, but don't don't eat up you know twenty minutes of a pay per view doing it. Especially when we got kind of the amazing French Canadians on deck. And who's in their corner? <laughs> Viva la Quebec! <laughs> Did you, when fucking Rooster says that. Did you laugh? I thought it was great when he said, Viva la Quebec! (laughs) Rooster is gold, man. Yeah, that that was the first thing I had written was Viva la Quebec. (laughs) That's awesome. So he's now managing the former Quebecers, now amazing French Canadians. Um, What do you think about this new look here? For... uh, uh, Colonel Rooster Robert Andy Parker. Well, yeah, let's start with him. Yeah, I liked it, man. I thought it was a pretty, it was a pretty fun. Uh, I would wear that. Would you wear that? What do you even call that? That that get up that he had. He was like, a, I'm not really sure what you call what he's wearing, but it's it looks good. It's uh, like a fancy, almost like a polo type of get up. <laughs> well, and it, it looks like a maybe a military type garb he's got that sweet ass hat on 
Yeah. He's got like a doesn't he? He's hold, does he hold? He's holding a riding crop too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of like a mounty in a lot of ways. He's dressed a little bit like a mounty, but more like probably like an office mounty, right? There's probably uh, mounties that have to do some office work. So he's he's probably the the office mounty rooster Robert Andy Parker. Like a mounty on administrative leave. No, like a administrative mounty. Oh. He's a Mountie, but he just does admin. Okay. Well, the Quebecers, they got they got new uh a new look here as well. They don't got the the matching Mountie uniforms. I mean, they, they couldn't be the Mounties towards the end of the end of their run in WWF either. Remember they had to right. change to being the they were the Quebecers and then they were you they were wearing something very similar to this though. When they had their last match that we saw in WWE, very similar attire. Yeah, that was after this, though. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. I, so this, oh this, yeah, this, you're right. It's the same you're gear right. that they wore. But yep, yep. So it's just kind of run of the mill, run of the mill kind of purpley black singlets, and it's going. got the what does it call the the floor? What's it called? What's the thing called? Uh, what are you talking about? The symbol. The the uh, I know what you're talking about. Just like the floor, something. The the uh, the the badge. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. It's something. It's a it's a damn floor. To, floor. I don't know, man. <laughs> Floored? <laughs> it's the floored. Yeah, so they got the floored all over the thing. I don't. I thought it, it looked pretty cool. And I was going to ask you, the, the amazing French Canadians are super good. They're a good tag team. They're fun to watch. Why don't they stick around? Like the Mounties had a pretty solid run, and then they went away. Mm-hmm. And then here they are. They pop up in WCW, and then they go away. And then they pop up in WWF again, and then they go away. Like they're a good tag team. I just don't know why they don't stick. It's it's got to be due to injury. Injury? Is it the injury or is it the floored? I don't think that I don't think the floored is keeping them down. I think that's that's one of their assets. It's got to be an injury. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. Right. I just... right. They're a good team. They they won the they won the. WWF tag titles three times, believe it or not. I believe it. So, so if Harlem Heat wins this match, Sister Sherry gets five minutes alone with the Colonel. Man, I show us the Colonel. So Jack tells us to stand. <laughs> Jack tells us to stand and give respect to Canada as he and Pierre sing the Canadian national anthem very badly. You okay over there? <laughs> yeah, man. Now that, uh, that line hit me just right. <laughs> so I got to ask a question uh, of my notes. Let's play a little, little round of uh, what do you think my note meant? So we got the Canadian rooster, right? I get it. I'm behind it. I like it. 
after that, my note says Sherry never. Oh, no, I, okay, fuck, all right. My handwriting is pretty bad. You know this about me. At first, I thought my note said Sherry's never tit face. And I was like, what are you talking about a tit face for? Sherry's never a face. Because with Harlem Heat, she's kind of the face, right? And she is not, she does not look like a face. She is a heel. Through and through, no matter what, Sherry can. Sherry should never be a face. So, she comes down with Harlem Heat. They're the faces of this match. Sherry is not a face. She's not a good face. She should always be a heel. Yeah, I figured it out. Don't worry about it. You want to jump right to the fun stuff? I mean, you talking about the the plunder and the I'm the fucking clubhouse. The clubhouse. Yeah, that's what uh, Bobby says when they start. They get the table and they get the they get the steps. Oh yeah. Bobby, yeah. Bobby says they're building a clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Canadians they'd get a spike pile driver laying out their opponents, and then they they start building what Bobby <laughs> calls the clubhouse out of out of the plunder uh, stairs and the table, right? Mm-hmm. Like a little fort. That they used to do the, the was that senton, aided senton splash. <laughs> I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it the floored splash. <laughs> and yeah, oh shit, I got that written down too. They're building the clubhouse. Yep. <laughs> so they go for a big high risk maneuver off the clubhouse. Yep, they get the hangover and they get the win. And uh, Sherry gets to kick at Parker's ass. Put him in a clothesline! Dream freaks out over the clotheslines. And, and then he yells, rip off his drawers. Dusty's yelling for Sherry to rip off his drawers. I was going, Dusty! Dusty! This is a fucking family show. You can't yell those things. Rip off his drawers and then do what? Yeah, that's a that's a weird thing to say. Top rope splash, know. though. I mean, Sister Sherry, she was she she did look not bad in this with the clotheslines and the top rope splash, and then obviously the rooster runs away. But Sherry looked uh, she looked like she could move. She shouldn't have worn a dress. That was a bad choice, knowing that she would get the five minutes with. You know the Canadian rooster, but yeah, it was you know it was good for what it was. Yeah, rooster is now one and one against females this year. You remember he beat the he beat the fry pie. Yeah, he he beat the fry pie. Didn't didn't he didn't he fight Sherry once already? I could be getting mixed. I'm getting mixed up, I bet. That was, I think that was at the marriage, wasn't it? Episode two. Sherry and Fry Pie fought there. Colonel Robert Andy was trying to break it up. Remember while Disco was stealing champagne? Oh, yeah. I'll have to review the saga a little bit here as we close in on the the end of the, the series. 
Yeah. I was going to ask you though, before we jump, I just want to, I want to ask you in this, in the match with the amazing French Canadians and Harlem eight, who do you think was the best wrestler in that match? Probably Booker T. Yeah. Booker T. Yeah. He is definitely the best wrestler in the match, but I do think that the amazing French Canadians are the better tag team. You know, so they kind of a some of the parts situation, but I just wanted to ask you just a quick question. Just no love for Stevie Ray, huh? Nah, not really. Uh, fair enough. The, the French Canadians, they, they, they are a good team. They are a good team. They couldn't get the job done tonight. Nah. So the announced team, they talk about the Piper and Hogan match, the match of the decade, as they call it. We get the crazy guy from the last time plugging the, the next pay-per-view, which is going to be Starcade. Yeah, he's dressed up like a fucking elf. Shouldn't they get different actors? Or do you uh, think this probably is probably cheaper just to have the same guy? This is somebody's cousin that works on the production team. You think he's doing a good job or I don't know, man. I don't you inclined to buy Starcade? It's no, I'm not, but it's obviously the same guy just dressed up like an elf. And it's like, oh man, we gotta do this commercial. Better call Brandon again. I don't want to see Brandon as a conspiracy guy and then some other weird shit. And then all of a sudden he's dressed like an elf. I, I just don't want to see it. I would rather watch Brandon be an elf than Lex Luger cutting a fucking promo, though. I could tell you that much. Mean Gene's back there plugging the hotline as usual. And you are correct. He's got, he's got Luger. Luger's wondering about his good friend, the Stinger's actions. He doesn't know what to make of it. So, Stinger, Stinger! 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 I guess he showed up at Nitro and then gave Luger a bat. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, to me, that's a friendly move, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a show of confidence in your friendship. You give a guy a bat, right? Mm, but we did learn last episode that Luger is, uh, he fancies himself to be somewhat of a cactus farmer. So maybe he should have handed Luger, like, say, uh, maybe a hoe, mm. some type of other uh, farming equipment, a spade, pickaxe. maybe. Pickaxe, yeah, that might work. So maybe, maybe Luger was insulted. He's like, I'm not going to play ball with you. You don't respect my new life as a farmer. This friendship's been unraveling for a while now. Yeah. Best part of this this promo is when Luger said he talks about being in the uh in the Battle Royal, World War Three Battle Royal, and he talks about wanting to win it and he goes, I wanna win it. I want it really, really, really bad. <laughs> you fucking kid. <laughs> You child. <laughs> it just reminded me of like a kid like asking for a cookie from the fridge. 
Like, oh, you can't have the cookies. Like, but I want it. I want it really, 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 really bad. <laughs> Take it easy, Lex. You just need one really. You don't even really need a really. We assume you that don't. you want to win it. We assume that you want to win it. You're in the son of a bitch. Stakes are high. You don't need to tell us you want it really, 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 really bad. <laughs> Dick. Gene even tells tells him that he's a favorite. Yeah, well, they're yeah. helping they're helping him along as best they can here. They are, they are. Well, we got a we got a cruiserweight title match coming up next. Oh yeah! And in this son of a bitch, we get Psychosis challenging Dean Malenko. Now, I was so, a little worried. A little worried about about Dean here. He didn't do the quick attack right off the like right off the bell, but he's been using he's been using that quick attack off the bell. I got a little worried he didn't use it. Mm. I think he's maybe feeling under the weather. Well, maybe psychosis's Minnesota Vikings colors threw him off a little bit. Ooh, that could be different different kind of look. Could be, yeah. Um, I mean. Gene, Gene did methodically do his his thing as the match got going. I mean, I didn't. I, maybe I'm just not as in tune to, you know, picking up on stuff as you are. But I wasn't really concerned for Dean. Hmm, interesting. Slow start. Uh, slow start. Dean offense. Right. He works. He works limbs and things like that. They really good offense, but it's slower than what you're used to in a cruiserweight match, which is good. Right, you can you can change things up. Picks up a little bit with psychosis offense. Right, he's flying around. Is Dean Malenko? I might have asked you this before. I'm not sure. I'm going to ask it again just in case. I took. I mean, I I spent the ink writing it down. Right, Dean Malenko is he the cruiserweight Bret Hart? Um, sure. Yeah, I think he is. Sure, give it to him. There's very, very little that separates the two, really. Yeah, size is about. I mean, size is about it. Yeah, yeah. Technical, technical wrestling skill. I mean, Brett's just one height. Of the really, they they got yeah. a similar similar builds. Just height. Similar builds. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Bret Hart's one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever. But as far as like wrestling skill, I think that Dean is Dean's pretty high up there. You put him in that cruiserweight like category, obviously, so that puts him in a different category of wrestler. But can you think of any other cruiserweight that comes even close to being what would what you would call the Bret Hart of the cruiserweight division? Well, he's he's like a rare a rare case. I yeah. guess, at least at this time in the cruiserweight division. But to answer your question, no, because yeah. most most of the other guys he's taken on are don't got that style going. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, even you guys like Eddie Guerrero, who's kind of a question mark cruiserweight, but he was always lumped in there, right? Um, and. Yeah, I mean Jericho was also lumped in there too, but those two guys you don't think about as like like Dean Malenko. He carried the carried the flagship for that cruiserweight division. 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair assessment you got there for sure. Yeah, I think so. Nice work assessing buddy. No problem. So psychosis was trained by Ray Mysterio senior. Yeah. I'm the cool un- with that. The unk of Ray Mysterio junior. Interesting. And, and he and Ray junior. Before getting to the WCW, well, they kind of traveled together. They went to ECW first, but they wrestled 500 times. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good. So that would explain explain some things. Yeah. So, I mean, Dean, he hits the Tombstone Power Driver as well. This is, what, three Tombstones in this show so far? Third T-Stone, uh, yeah. Tombstones are cheap. Then he hits what? The announced team calls a sunset flip after dark pinning maneuver for the victory to retain the title. <laughs> Which was awesome. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best match so far? I pr- I prefer this over the, the Ray match. I do. It, it was a little bit slow to begin, but I think the offenses work with each other. Uh, you saw there wasn't like repeat offender moves or anything like that. Uh, you saw some some solid offense by Psychosis. Uh, I mean, at one point he jumped to the ra- the the guardrail. He had the uh, boy well, had the middle rope leg drop. The middle rope assisted leg drop was cool. The step up leg drop he did where he just kind of walked up the ropes. Awesome. Dean has a half. He looks, locks in like a half lion tamer, which I thought that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I thought about calling that the single claw crab. All right. All right. All right. Good. All right. Uh, uh, just, there was a lot of good, like, flowing parts of this. I think I prefer this match over the Ray match if you were to com- compare the two. And then, obviously, like I say, it's the sunset flip after dark. Sweet deal. <laughs> Dean's, Dean's going to hold on to that title. He's actually going to take on the Ultimo Dragon in our next show, the, uh, the season finale episode. So that's There's going to be nine titles on the line in that match. Crazy that shit. A lot of titles. <laughs> a lot of stake there. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Next up, we got a, tra- a tag team triangle match. For the championship of the world. The Outsiders taking on the Nasty Boys, taking on the Faces of Fear. Well, I think the Nasties prove in the very beginning of this why they don't belong in the chart to the triangle match. Why are we in a triangle match? They prove why they don't belong. I noticed they gave him some pyro. Did they? I didn't notice that. They get pyro twice. They don't deserve. And I'm not. I'm not an anti. I'm not an anti-Nasty Boy, right? I'm I'm a I'm a pro nasty boy, but I just don't think that their spot is in the tag team title picture. I think they should be feuding with disorderly conduct or state patrol, right? They should be an attraction on fucking worldwide. Everybody knows them, everybody loves them, but at this point they shouldn't be in the tag team title picture. They come down and they just start throwing haymakers on the outsiders. They just come down and attack. Yep, yep. And it looks sloppy, it looks ugly, it doesn't look good. 
And then the faces of fear show up, right? Here they are. And what has Jimmy got on? Did you notice what Jimmy was wearing at all? Did you take a note about what Jimmy had on? Yeah, he had the, he had the Misfits logo on his jacket. He had the Misfits logo on his jacket. You think he knew what that was? I mean, Jimmy's into into music, right? He was in the Gentries. He's had a fucking number one hit. You think he's still in tune to he, music? Know that yeah, that's the, he, that's he, he, he probably knows. All right. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, big ass skulls on the side of his jacket, stuff like that. Looked like he should have been managing Wrath and Mortis. He would have. Yeah, that was that's appropriate for sure. It's appropriate for the face of fear as well. Which is yeah. what he was going for. Yeah. So just to get you up to speed here, um, since we left and came back, the Nasties have been have joined the NWO and got kicked out. Yo, know, they're they're one week run, yeah. Yeah. I suppose so that was in like the, wasn't that like October was their one week run? Uh this sounds right. Yeah, I think it was towards the end of October. I don't remember, but yeah, something so, like that. So that's that's probably why they're included here, and they've been they've been demanding this title shot since, I mean, all year pretty much. So they got it. This is a this is a melee for it, most of the match. Yeah. So it was so much clubbering. Well, they did. There was a kick to the the the. There was a stomp to the nads. I'm going to call it. Mm. I think Bobby called it an early Christmas. Was it Bobby or? I don't know which one, but called it an early Christmas present, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and then, to be honest with you, I kind of started dozing off watching this. It was just too much clubbering. It was too much shit, right? So I actually started like falling asleep watching this match. I had to keep on like trying to get myself kind of jacked up to to watch it. And I, I was just, it was not, when there's that much like falling apart all the time and that mm-hmm. much disconnect to the match and that much to like just throwing haymakers. I lose interest, and that's all it was. It was just everybody was throwing haymakers all the time. So I I, I missed some of this match. I'm going to be fully honest with you. I was not into it. Dusty says that the Nasties have the greatest clubber in the game. It's too much clubbering. Once the match got rolling, though, they, there was a lot of tags, lots of ins and outs. Yeah. I mean, I... I I did see when the well, well uh, machines when the when the outsiders got tagged in both of them in the match. I got a kick out of that. Right, yeah. The the the, the opposing teams thought they had one on the on the outsiders. They were gonna right. they're gonna make them fight. Right, it was stupid. I mean, they tagged both the insiders. Or the outsiders in. Ooh, that's a fun one. Tag both the outsiders in, which was dumb because they could have just pinned each other. They make a big kind of a, a big ordeal out of it. And then it just seemed like every every so often it just broke down into clubbering again. It was funny to see the outsiders just kind of lay back in the corner and watch them clubbering each other. And if this is this is the hostile takeover still, right? These guys are the enemy. You would think that between the nasties, the nasties have an established relationship with Jimmy Hart and the faces of fear. They have an established relationship. He's their current manager. They would have cooked up a scheme and going, you know what? Four of these badass guys can take out the outsiders and get the tag team titles off of the outsiders. Right. 
that didn't happen. It just broke down into clubbering over and over and over again until we finally got the goddamn megaphone. Who is it? Uh, one of the knobs. Knobs eats the megaphone. Jackknife City. Outsiders retain. But that's I think that's the part that kind of bothers me about when you have WCW guys, right? This is a triple threat with two WCW teams and one NWO team. And they're not taking this this hostile takeover seriously anymore. Mm. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe that's not a, seriously might not be the way to put it. But you understand what I'm saying. If it's supposed to be WCW versus the NWO, align yourselves and beat the NWO. But they don't do that here. It's 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 rough. Yeah, I think that's that's the problem with WCW. I mean, the NWO, they're aligned. They got their shit together. Their team. The there was a couple of was a couple of good low blows in this one. We got sags. You got the reverse atomic drop, followed by the what Dusty calls the atomic low blow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Which is like uh, it's it's like a drop to your knees nards plow. He calls it the atomic low blow. Drop to your knees, Nards Plow. Well, now I'm intrigued. I must have been sleeping at this point. Oh yeah, you'd mentioned falling asleep in this one. Would that would that fit the parameters of my one hold? Oh, for sure, for okay. sure. It's a it's a uh, it's a blow below the belt. Is it like that. he's on his he's on his back and you lift his legs up as if you're gonna put him in a Boston Crab and you just drop your knee on his Nards? No, no, oh, it's, boy. Okay, okay. atomic drop is delivered, right? So the guy's yeah. like all bent out of shape, but he's still, he's still erect, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so your, your, your opponent is still standing up erect. Right. So you drop down, give him that atomic low blow. So you hit him with the inverted atomic drop, right? Yeah. Which is a low blow. We, we can establish <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. And then your opponent gets an erection and then you punch his dick. Something might be getting yeah. lost. Yeah. Uh so that's, that's that's about that's about it. Yeah. Inverted atomic drop, right? Your opponent gets a gets a gets a rebar type of boner, right? Giant boner. And then you do you lift your knee up? It's, or is uh, it still? Uh, it's, uh, it's a Nard's plow. It's a Nard's plow. Yeah. Okay. So the only difference is for it to be an atomic low blow is your your opponent has to be erect. Yeah. Interesting. And I think it's I think it's because it was in in conjunction with the atomic drop. Oh, it's, it's a like, it's a it's a follow up move. Yeah. Right, the the it coincides. Right, right. Because Tony's like, yeah, we got a reverse atomic drop followed by an atomic low blow. Got you know, it. Just just a forward face Nards plow is what we're looking at. Okay, forward face Nards plow. Oh, that's sure. pretty good though. Yeah, I that like was it. The highlight. Right. I, so why did he? Why did? Uh, why did you have to? Why did they get a boner then? Because you were talking about a guy laying down, and I was like, no, the guy's, guy's got to be erect. Gotcha, gotcha. The guy's got to be erect. Yeah. Then it's atomic. 
Boy, I might have to try that out. <laughs> I might have, to get, might have to go get myself a boner and have somebody punch me in it. Another highlight from this one, which probably happened when you were sleeping. Oh, this happens right after Hall gets a two count on Nash when the outsiders were in there. So it gets broken up. And then one of the nasties had headbutts Nash right in the junk. All right. There's plenty of ball bangers in this one. Bunch of ball bangers, huh? Bunch kinda of ball bangers. Kind of disappointed I fell asleep. You never know, man. This one, I thought for what it was, was not bad, actually. Okay. I mean, you got three big, burly, brawling teams in a three-way triangle match here for the, the, the title. Yeah. With plenty of plenty of ball bangers. I mean, I wasn't expecting a technical clinic. Well, no, of course not. Right. I was expecting a little melee action. The plunder. I mean, I thought the the Quebecers were actually a little more creative with their plunder, building that oh, fort. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the clubhouse is, is way better. And so what do we got? We got the outsiders win this thing. Yeah, like I said earlier, megaphone to knobs, jackknife over. All right, brings us to <laughs> the main event. All right, so before we really get into the nuts of this, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to pick, say, I don't know, like a dream final four for this match, last four men standing, who would be in your dream final four? And they have to be in this match. Well, go final five. Final five. If you had to, if it had to come down to five guys, your final five to finish off this match, right? The last five participants. Who would your mm-hmm. dream, right? Your dream final five be? I got to put my new favorite guy, the Ultimo Dragon, in there. You okay. I, I got a. I got to put my other guy. Disco Inferno in there if he's out. Is he in okay. there? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you get Disco and you get Ultimo. Strong start, right? Okay. Um, who's that? Who's that big fella? Ron Reese. It's Ron Stud. Dusty calls him John Stud at least three, four times. But yeah, it's Ron Stud. Ron Stud. Actually, no, I died. I kind of. Uh, how about how about that uh, that 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 one guy? What's his name? Uh, There's sixty fucking guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> how about that one guy? <laughs> uh, JL, he okay. in there? JL, yep. So you got three. You got two more. Okay. Bunkhouse Buck. Okay. And Craig Pitbull Pittman. And Craig Pitbull. Wow. And then who's winning it out of your final five? Who's going on to face the champion at an unspecified date and location? I got to give it to the Dragon. You're going to. Okay. Interesting. You'll have another title. Boy, that, that, that'd be one hell of a swerve. That's it. That's interesting. You go Ultimo Dragon to win the whole thing. 
Solid final five with Bunkhouse and Craig, Pitbull, Pittman, Steiner. That's pretty good. That's not bad. It's not the worst. You, you've done worse before, so yeah. Oh, thanks, man. You got a, you got a better Yeah, I do. <laughs> Way fucking better, man. All right. So, Bunkhouse Buck. Got him. Jimmy Graffiti. Okay. You right? Give you a pass. <laughs> Mark Starr. All right, your guy. I made a note of him. Alex Wright. Okay. Ron Studd. Oh, look at that final five, right? Right? You got who's, who's who's getting out on top of that one? Oh, who's gonna win? I didn't think about that. And so I in my heart I would say Jimmy Graffiti, right? But I know you can't go Jimmy Graffiti out of those five. You can't do it. Right? You can't have a graffiti guy being your your champion. It just wouldn't work out. So I actually would go Alex Wright. Boom to the moon, right? Alex Wright's getting the big push. That that would that would have been that push that Alex Alex Wright always needed. Right. Or Ron Studd, go completely new giant, right? New Jai, Ron Studd, run with him. Yeah. So I think that would have been my final, but I can't tell you how fucking horny I got when I saw Bunkhouse Buck, Jimmy Graffiti, Mark Starr, Ron Studd, and Alex Wright, man. I can't, it was, whew, I, had to, I, had to, I had to hire a contractor to fix the roof. Right through the roof, huh? Oh man, right through the roof. Oof. The second and third floor of my house didn't have a chance. <laughs> so you're taking Alex Wright, and who'd I take? Pittman? No, no, you took Ultimo Dragon. Oh, I took the Ultimo, right? Right. So this is here. this is going to be interesting, man. This is a battle royal. I don't know how you want to attack it. I the entrance. Super interesting, right? To watch all those guys come down. Uh, some of the guys I was pretty pumped about. Other guys I just, I just wasn't obviously like a Lex Luger type guy. Uh, yeah. I wasn't pumped about that, but super excited to see a guy like Mark Starr, uh, William like, Regal. Like there was, there were so many guys. It was just a train of guys that didn't didn't stop coming. No, it was great. No, it, it was a train of guys that didn't stop coming. <laughs> Chugga 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 chugga. Oh yeah. So uh, there's, there's there's let me let me get a little something. In yeah, there. man, go ahead, slide one in there. I'll just slide her in there, and I'll hand it off. Then you can you can slide her. Yeah, slide sure. her in, and we'll just yeah, we'll go in and out opposites. All right. <laughs> I ain't so, going simultaneous with you. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we got them three rings. Mm-hmm. 20 wrestlers in each ring. Big old fucking melee. So these three three rings are being are being covered by uh three separate announced teams. We got today in the dream, Shivani in the brain, or Stagger and Stagger and Zabisco. So who are you taking in the in in those out of those three? I love Larry Zabisco. I love him. I think the most interesting team is Dusty and Tanae. You couldn't get more polar opposites to team up than Dusty and Tanae. 
so I think if you were to force me to pick one, it would probably be Dusty and Tanae, followed by Brain and Shivani, and then who is it? Zabisco and Lee Marshall. Stager but, Lee, yeah. St- see, that's hard though, because I love Stager Lee too. I think the entertainment value that uh, Dusty and Tanae together uh, possess outweighs the others, even though I love Stager and I love Larry. I love Bobby. Shivani, I don't I don't really have a love for. I just kind of like him. I think it's all right. But just the the interactions between if it was just Tanae and Dusty, yeah, that would have been intriguing. Mm. And the, <laughs> to start this off, uh, I I don't know. This could have been the best opening or the worst opening in World War Three history. The horsemen in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. They just start beating the shit out of each other all over the place. And then the faces of fear beat the fuck out of Lee Marshall. What are you beating Stagger up for? And they did like Ming comes back and he just kicks Stagger for no for no reason at all. Stagger's got no association with the horseman. Minger just comes back and just starts stomping Stagger. They didn't have their eyes on the prize on this one. There's a there's a chance at the, the, the world heavyweight title on the line here. And they don't want to align with each other. The horsemen don't fight for the horsemen. The, the dungeon of the doomers don't fight for the doomers. They just decide to fight against each other. So that eliminates a good handful of guys before the match even really starts. I mean, the match kicks off and they're fighting each other. Over the, but they just say they're all eliminated. Yeah. So th- I think the melee was the best. And the fact that they just eliminated all of them without, without being eliminated was the worst. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm I'm on board with that. I mean, they could have they could have made it a little more interesting, um, but because those are, you know, it's about ten of your your ten year guys. Yeah. They're just guys. gone. Yeah. You know? Just gone. How about this? You had the faces of fear, right? Yeah. And the nasties mm-hmm. and the outsiders. They were both mm-hmm. just out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go back for a quick showers. So what's happening here? No, I don't think they shower. Maybe go back for a quick, uh, like a quick water. Water. They, they drink out of that uh, World Cup of Wrestling that Jai brought down. They just have that back there with ice. Just go back there, take a quick cup out of the World <laughs> Cup of Wrestling. <laughs> That's got enough for everybody, I think. Yeah. It was a lot to take in having three rings going at one time. But one thing that I did notice that I hated was that there was multiple times that they had two, two cameras on the same thing, right? There's three, there's, they do do three pictures. There's three rings at no time. Should I have two cameras on ice train for different angles? And I had that for a good long while. I was like, Mm -hmm. man, they're, they really want me to watch what ice train Steiner's up to. Do you notice what was on Disco's tights? I know you're a big disco guy and you love disco so much, but did you notice what was on his tights? Because I didn't understand. I didn't understand why it would be on his tights. Was it the oh it couldn't have been the disco fever or any no any of the any of the standards? No. What was it? Now I I might have gotten a bad glance at it, but I'm pretty sure it just said Lay Freak. L E F R E A K Le Freak. Was he going as Le Freak Disco Inferno? 
maybe that's a disco act. That could be. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Do you think maybe he was Lay Freak in the Independence? He got called up and he turned into For, Disco Inferno. Forgot his disco trunks today or something. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. That was I, that part. I didn't notice that. Interesting. Yeah, I noticed that. They hogpiled on uh, Big Ron Studd at one point. That was that was uh, not smart. What do you hogpile on a guy to eliminate him? You can't pin him. You got to throw him out. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie, did you notice Eddie eliminated himself in this match and they didn't call him eliminated? Yeah. He went. He, just jumped over the top rope. That's elimination. They didn't call uh, it. And in in my in my world and your world, that's an elimination. Yeah. But so yeah, he does a splash over the top rope. And then around this time is when they all converge into ring number two. Uh real quick, just going back to what you were talking about at the beginning of this match, one of the rings was completely ignored while the camera mm-hmm. guy followed the 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 faces in the dungeon and the horsemen out there yeah and then i noticed that throughout the show here up to and including when they all get into the same ring mm-hmm. once they all get in the same ring you gotta have that one camera in there but they, there's multiple cameras like you said covering the ice train or jimmy graffiti i mean you're probably yeah. okay with a couple job covering jimmy graffiti but um they could all be yeah. covering Jimmy Graffiti. I'd be fine with it. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, part of me felt like I, w- I was missing out on a lot. Yes. But it probably wasn't, you know, great action that I was missing out on, but you, you're, left with, you're left wondering, you know? Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask this question of you. So there's, there is three rings. I'm guessing that they're all random draw. How does all the NWO end up in one ring, right? If it is random draw, I could be wrong. Maybe it's not. But it's still a WCW event. So if it's a WCW event, you would think that they would split the NWO up, NWO up into different rings. That would make sense. But the NWO is all in the same ring. Even still, with all of them in the same ring, why isn't everybody attacking the NWO? Would it have been better, say, let's just say, each member of the NWO, or I mean, not each member because there's not eight rings or how many ever guys are out there. You you put them all in different rings. You you spread them out a little bit. That would have been an option. Right. I don't know if this is like a pick your own ring type okay. of situation, or maybe. Maybe Bischoff had something to do with with how this was placed. Bischoff was just revealed as the right kind the of the brains, the master guy behind the yeah. New World Order at the Monday Nitro prior, right prior to this event. Right. So maybe he had something to do with that. Maybe the Million Dollar Man bought their spots in the same ring. Yeah, that could be. They did, they just didn't really ever didn't really ever explain it. And then furthermore, if you have so if it's three, so it's twenty guys in each ring. And there is, you know, I don't know. I think was there six NWO members in this match? Five or six. Okay. So, so uh, you have well, Jai, the Outsiders, 
six. Who else was there? Was it just four? Um, Could have been four. Either way, so say there's four, right? There's 16 other guys that should be concerned about teaming up to eliminate the outsiders. Not the not just the outsiders, but the NWO. But they're not. Nobody is really going after them. They're all concerned about each other. It doesn't make doesn't make a ton of sense from a you know hostile takeover storyline angle. You think they kind of kind of loosened it up on the hostile takeover? It seems like it. The MWO should have been having to deal with a ton of people coming after them. If there's only four, if there's only four members of the NWO in that match, they should have been dealing with a shitload of guys coming after them, and they should have been having to overcome all of them coming after them. I mean, they they kind of went to the corner, so you had the Outsiders and the Jai and the Sixer kind of in the corner, so you would have had to go through you know that, but. I mean, if it's 16 guys on four, yeah, you have a fighting chance for sure. So that, that part of it, I didn't, that part of it, I didn't like the multiple camera angles. I didn't, I didn't much care for Regal hell of a showing, huh? Yes. Yes. Regal had a great showing. And this is, you mentioned that bit about Eddie. Yeah. This, This cracked me up. I, I, Regal was eliminated multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) he he just decided he was staying until the final five or six or whatever (laughs) he got got thrown out it was at least at least two maybe three times um before he finally uh, before he he, oh the, the best was when he got he gets thrown out and then he yells at the official on the outside then he gets back into the ring <laughs> just I, very funny yeah but he made it to the final uh final fray there i think it was the last guys were we had the nwo guys and then luger and regal luger and regal yeah yeah match i suppose it was a lot to keep track of there's just a couple i'll i'll point out there was a, a yeah the guy had a big old one-handed slam of ray mysterio that looked looked good yeah the one-handed gorilla press over his head looked great we need more of that out of the guy unless yeah leaving your feet early right um so there's that one and then the Yeah, that was the big spot at the end for me here. Well, and then Luger, it, I mean, jump to the end here because it was a lot to take in. I enjoyed watching it, but it was there was a there was, it was just it was a little much. Uh, the Luger starts eliminating. He's he's on fire because it comes down. Regal gets eliminated. And it comes down to just Luger against the NWO. Mm-hmm. And they pit Luger as this guy. I mean, remember now, he wants to win really, really, really bad, really bad. So I mean, he's yep. he's trying his best. He's doing a great he's doing a great job. He starts throwing people out. The closing sequence of this match was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then why is he going for the rack on Nash? Right? You can't make him submit. Right. He's not smart. It's, it's, I mean, he's a cactus. Uh, he's a cactus farmer, right? He's not a yeah. 
not any type of scientist. So, but it was interesting. It was, it, it gave, it gave a lot of excitement to the finish when he was overcoming the odds against the NWO. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting when he got, I guess, Luger or not Luger when Luger got Nash up in the rack. And I thought it was going to be pretty good. I thought it was going to be like, you know, he'd rack them and then toss them out. And then it was going to come down to giant. Cause I, it's been years since I watched this. I don't remember the finish. Mm. But then Jai just pushes Nash and Luger out and wins the damn thing. So it was it was exciting, but it was hard to take in. It was just a, a little a little too much. Mm. Not much of a crowd pop at the end of this thing. There's a fair amount of booze. Yeah. NWO celebrates. It was a fun finish, though. Congratulate the big guy. Yeah, it was a fun finish. That would definitely go on Luger's greatest hits. That's a Uh, short album. (laughs) Sure is. But, yeah, so he's getting a title shot. I'm not sure when this will take place, but sometime next year, I imagine. It's not happening at Starcade. You can tell you that. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> I do. I do have. I do have the Starcade uh, card in front of me. I guess if we want to do this rundown like we normally do. Uh, uh, wait, though. I, overall, uh, feelings about World War Three. Uh, overall, liked it. Okay, I liked it better than Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of pretty okay ones before then, yeah. But I liked it better than the last one. Okay, I I thought it was. Uh, I always I think I get way too excited for like battle royals when it comes to World War Three because I got super excited for the the match itself and it was a little. It was just okay, right? It was just not. It was a little bit. Overall, the card was enjoyable. Uh, I think there was it was it was a decent card. Uh, super excited for the the World War Three match itself, and and I was just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how they make it easier to take in though, because it's a it's a lot of fucking moving parts having sixty guys out there. So, all right, Starcade is our next event. Starcade '96, and I got that shit's right in front of me here. You're gonna love this, right? Ult- Ultimate Dragon, Dean Malenko. That's that's the opener. Doesn't get any better than that. Then we got Akira Hakuto against Medusa for the inaugural WCW Women's Championship. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Bull Nakano was busy that night. Maybe she had a family reunion. Mm. We get Fusion Thunder Liger against Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah, sounds pretty great, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds good. Get ready for this. Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, against the Crippler, that's C-R-I-P-P-L-E-R, Chris Benoit. Hey, good spelling, dude. Thanks, man. I was, I'm pretty good at that sometimes. Uh, that, that's uh, That's another thumbs up. That should be a very, very good match. I like both both the competitors. Got the outsiders versus the faces of fear, the WCW tag team championship. 
you figure you get the nasties out of there, you're gonna have a better match. Yeah, I think Probably. so. I think that's what I've yeah. Uh, so this one is interesting to me. We've seen it already a couple times. We got Eddie Guerrero versus Diamond Dallas Page, and it is the tournament tournament final for the vacant WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Ooh. I mean, how many times can we watch DDP, you know, Diamond cut a Guerrero? Not enough, right? Not enough. If it's Chavo, just keep cutting the shit out of him. Lex Luger goes one-on-one with... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's going to beat the giant. All right. Then we got Rowdy, Roddy Piper against Hollywood Hogan. Looks like Hogan's got Ted DiBiase and Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth in, uh, in his corner there. Hmm. So do you want to know, because it was obviously the, the heavyweight uh, United States title tournament and the women's title tournament. So the matches going into that was Eddie Guerrero versus Conan, Chris Benoit versus William Regal, Luger versus Arn, Jarrett versus Page. Yeah, they got the best couple guys in there. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I mean final. Eddie and Eddie and Diamond. I, I don't know Regal, Regal and Arn Anderson. I think that would be an, an intriguing matchup. Jeff Jarrett versus you know Conan or Regal or Ben. I mean, we get we get Jarrett versus uh, uh, the Crippler anyways in this match. So I thought it was pretty interesting. Now mm-hmm. this is this. I thought this was interesting because this just kind of tells you the state of women's wrestling in the United States at this time. Women's Championship turtle Tournament is Medusa versus Reina Jubakai. I'm probably going to murder all these names. Zero versus Malia Hosaka. Kaoru versus Sanoku Kato. Akira Hokato versus Miko Satum- Satumura. So it's Medusa and what appears to be a bunch of Japanese performers. Mm. Kind of tells you the state of women's wrestling yeah. this time, but it's it's. I mean, that's going to close out. We, we're finally going to hit the other tent pole in here, and we go temple to temple. So it'll be interesting. I actually, quite honestly, have fucking extremely low expectations this Starcade '96. I was going to go out there and say, I think it's going to suck. They shoot low, man. Yeah, I think the opposite. I mean, you've been uh, you've been predicting a lot of great shows. Though. No, no, but one of these times it's going to hit. One of these times my prediction is going to be right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we want to thank you again for tuning in to the podcast. Kevin Rogue. Said his name was Kevin Rogue. Slide one in there. Gonna find one in there. I gotta beat the shit out of Chris Benoit. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. I gotta go. I'm gonna have lunch with the master.